sit in that accordion. And you know what? It's Too Hard, Too Fast, the podcast with strong opinions about things that we may or may not know too much about in order to run in perspectives. It's Thursday. You know what that means? We're continuing the conversation with Monica Saldivar, the 2020 Tejano Music Award winner for Best New Female Artist. Wow, man. I can't believe she's here with us. It's an honor, and we love it. We're going to find out uh, in this episode the state of Tejano. Is Tejano 11, Will? We'll stick around and find out. And we're going to listen to her Too Hard, Too Fast story of when she listens, when she opened up for Bobby Pulido, the Bobby Pulido from Migo Paz, para mi gente de Igo Paz. El Aguilón. Hey, sit back, buckle up, let's go. Too Hard, Too Fast. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Too Hard, Too Fast. Too Hard, Too Fast. Too Hard, Too Fast. Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Hey, everybody. This is Monica Sadivad. Welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast with George and Robert. <laughs> Woo, welcome um, back. It's the podcast by the people for the people. All right. Ah, tejano, <laughs> mi gente. Mi gente de San Antonio, de Texas. La raza. Hey, hey, the Grand Perry. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast of the century. Uh, but let's turn things around a little bit. Um, let's bring it back uh, to the fact that I wanted, I meant to ask you when you realized you had this kind of talent. And so that uh, really interests me. I love having musicians on because secretly, I not maybe it wasn't so secret, I wanted to be a singer. I can, Aww. you know. But clearly, I probably have a voice better suited for a podcast. Uh, <laughs> the face, the I don't know. I, I've never heard you sing. I, I can't tell you if it was or oh, not. You don't want to, trust me. Oh, Ask him. Hey, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not have a singing voice. And I made peace with that a long time ago. But I do admire, you know, singers. And so... Um, Obviously, you know, getting you on here, I, I love listening to how they found out that they had a talent because I know how I felt when I found out I didn't have the talent. Oh, no. <laughs> when did you find out? No. Is it yesterday? Oh, man. When did you find out that all your college friends were lying to you? Right. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's so terrible. <laughs> It's okay. It's too hard, too fast. It's what we do. There we go. Too hard, too fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Monica, when did you find out that you have this talent and that you were going to go with it? So I actually started singing and I, you're probably going to hear this from everyone from, from everybody that ever started music. I had started singing before I could even talk. I was about five years old and I was singing Tim McGraw. So I started off my, my whole career with country. Um, <laughs> but Tim McGraw was like my daddy number two, because I imagined that would be my, my, my other father. <laughs> my <laughs> musical child, dad. Number one's right next to you. <laughs> and so. Tell, so me, tell me what he looks like right now. Tell me his face. What does he say? What is he doing? He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I we would listen to Tim McGraw in the car, and I'd be in my car seat, and I would hum it, 
and so my parents would be like oh okay she's she's actually humming the melody that's really cool um before I started speaking I would sing you know and we had everything we this was like the 90s so you know Mariah Carey Boys to Men Tim McGraw we had Shania Twain in the car Faith Hill ACDC, you know, um, what else? Lincoln Park. So we had like a big mixture of stuff. My dad was the alternative rock. My mom was like, um, she was more on the countryside. Um, and then, you know, mariachi, tejano. We always had tejano music playing regardless of anything. So regardless of what genre it was, tejano was always in the house. And then me and my brother, my brother's an 80s baby. Like he was born, what, 89? And I was 94. So, you know, you have the, the pop groups, you have NSYNC, Destiny's Child, you know, like uh, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, all of that good stuff. So it was a really roundabout um, education, if you will, because ultimately that's what it is. You know, you educate yourself, you, you put more knowledge of music in you, you're going to come out just singing everything. Um, so I loved music at a very young age. I, you know, anytime we did music class in, in elementary school, that was like my number one class. Everything else was just really bad. Um, <laughs> but, you know, getting into middle school, I had the opportunity to, you know, they do electives in middle school. And they're like, okay, you can draw, you can take a computer class, you can act, you can be in the choir. What do you want to do? And I was like, well, choir you know, because choir is associated to music. Um, and that's where I learned how to read. I learned how to sight read. Um, I didn't necessarily learn how to read keys until I got into high school. But sight reading for me, it was like just, wow, I learned rhythm and I learned this and I learned harmonies with other people and I got into different competitions. So it ultimately made me a little bit less scared to perform in front of people and a little bit more um, confident and the fact that I can sing and I can sing as, a, as loud as I want to, there was no restriction on how loud or how soft I could sing. I learned how to sing from my diaphragm. And all, all the while, my parents were just like, she's doing great in school. Like they, they, they had no idea this was like a passion because they were just like, well, you tried out for volleyball the other day. I don't know like what you want to do. <laughs> But it took my um, it took my middle school choir teacher, Miss Sandra Davis, um, and her husband to tell my parents she's got a gift, and y'all need to foster that. Y'all need to inspire her to keep going because there's there's something there, and she needs to keep on. And so dad and mom were like, "Okay, we'll we'll get her into." Um, you know, any competition, because whenever you're in the competition, you have to pay for it. So any competition, they, you know, they were like, yeah, go for it. I made it in all region, all state. Like I did all these different types of competitions. Um, I had performed with different, you know, chorus groups in the competitions. And then um, there's a school over here um, in, in Dallas, Texas, it's called Booker T. Washington for the Performing and Visual Arts. It was the first uh, performing arts school that we had because we didn't have one in Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie now has about four or five of them. Oh, wow. Because of you. Because of me. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? No, but for Dallas, <laughs> for me to drive to Dallas every day, it was a 20-mile drive there, 
20 mile drive back. Uphill both day. ways. So that's 40 miles a day. Dang. And traffic and, or what? Oh, dad's telling me 80, 80 miles. My bad. <laughs> yeah, kept count. You have to come back and pick me up. Oh, but, yeah. um, then when you forgot something, you had to go back. Yeah, you know, it would be oh, bad. Man. It'd be terrible if I had forgotten <laughs> something. Um, but, you know, I tried out for the school with my uh, with my choir director, Sandra Davis. She helped me get the audition um, piece together. Did the audition. I didn't hear anything back in the year. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's all good. Out of nowhere, I decided to do swim team in the middle of my, my freshman year of, of high school. And I was like, well, I guess this is my real love now. I guess I'll do this, you know, whatever. We get the call like two weeks into my sophomore year. And dad was like, hey, I don't know if you still want to do this. Like, they accepted you into the program. Do you still want to go? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Duh. Like, I want to go. Swim team. See you. Like, from then on, like, I went to performing arts high school. I was involved and it was at the time it was like number eight. Like it was like on the top 10 schools of America. So, you know, amazing, amazing, you know, music theory teachers, just the teachers in general, including like, you know, the academic side too. Um, but the choir was top notch. Um, we would go to every UIL competition. We, we still did the all region, all state competitions too. Um, and then from there, because mind you, at this point in time, I was one of those people, just like you, George, where I was just like, the handle music, <laughs> you know, like, because as a young kid, as a young kid in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, in the suburbs, mind you, you're not going to necessarily feel like the handle music is for you. At the time, everybody was listening to alternative rock, pop, soul, you had Adele, you had like all these different artists. And so that was my go-to and, you know, everybody goes through that awkward emo stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. I had my chemical romance. I had breaking Benjamin Slipknot, you know, back to Lincoln park. You know, I had all these exactly. different bands that I would listen to. And that was what I wanted. I wanted Paramore. I wanted to be Flyleaf. I wanted to be Evanescent, you know, so that was me. And you couldn't convince me otherwise. Junior year of high school, I get into a Latin American ensemble because my friends push me into it. They're like, Monica, we need to do this. Like, what are you doing? You know, you're you're our friends and you don't even speak Spanish and you don't even do this. <laughs> they were like really Mexican, like Mexican. Gente crees. You know, you don't even like tacos. You don't even like tacos. Oh, I love them. But you don't even like tacos. And they're like, come on, like, do it with us. Like, you'll enjoy it. I'm like, but I don't even speak Spanish. And they're going to know I don't speak Spanish. And I'm like, she's like, just do it. I'm like, fine, I'll go ahead and do it. Like, whatever. I'll go ahead. Because you're in the class. I'll be in the class, too. Um, so I get into it. And I absolutely loved it. Because we didn't just do... Um, salsa we did all different types of latin music i mean the only thing i think we didn't do was the handle but <laughs> it was incredible like we got to dress up we got to go and do gigs at high-end like hotels and venues and things like that i'm like oh so people like this music <laughs> i loved it and being able to perform with a band for the first time in my life 
being able to perform with live instruments rather than with the track. Because I had been performing with the track at this point um, when I was 14. So this was around 15 or 16 where I got into this group and it was put on by the, the school. So we would have rehearsals in class. We would get credit for that class, but then we would also get to gig around the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So, I mean, it was incredible. It was an incredible experience. That is what opened up my um, my eyes to the fact that, hey, I don't just need to be doing English music. And I, I, I have a gift to be able to do Spanish music. Let's study the language a little bit more. So I got more involved in, you know, the Spanish classes, the courses that I was taking. Um, and I fell in love with the language. It's still really difficult as far as like yeah. talking, but I love the wording of lyrics now. I, I, I can see it a little bit clearer. I can hear it a little bit more clearer with the mindset of this isn't my parents' music anymore. This is, this is something that I like. Um, do, you, do you feel like you can talk Spanish a little more now? A little more fluent. I think if I had practiced a little more, if I practice a little more and get comfortable with it, I think I could definitely have a conversation better. But if you're speaking like 160 miles an hour, I, I, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> so, like most Hispanic people do. Mm -mm. Yeah, right. So in this case, <laughs> Robert, let's switch it to Spanish. Monica, cuando... I know. All I could think of was like, I'm a, I talk to my parents, obviously, in Spanish all the time, but whenever I have to use it in a sentence like this, like I've been wanting to do a podcast just in Spanish so I yeah. could challenge myself to practice it more. Right. But yeah, I, it's like I rarely use it in a sense of like questioning Versus, like, when I'm, I'm talking to my parents, we're just like using slang. Yeah, com yeah, comfortable using slang words, use whatever. Right, uh, or, and then or, some people, some people hate because whenever I learned Spanish, we learned it like they up? call it the proper way, but it's really not proper, especially because if you try to use it on your grandma, she's gonna get pissed off at you because you're like using words that are like usted. She's like. Why would you call me usted? It is tú. You don't call me usted. I'm like, it's supposed to be like the formal yeah. word of it. Like, why are you biting my head off? You know? Well, we grew <laughs> up with being mad. corrected on you better use usted for, yeah. for respect. <laughs> and that, that's what it is. It's just there's so many different opinions on how to say, you know, one word. Yeah. Like, like, salad bars, like salad bars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I was so happy. Let me just say, I was so happy that you got my last name correct the first try. Because, like, I, I've gotten everything under the sun. Like, Saldivar, Sal, or Saldivar is my name. Salvador, Salazar, Salvador, uh, Salad Bar. Like, just, just <laughs> so, so many different names growing up. I'm just like, yep, that's me. As long as you yeah. get the first one right. O sea, Mónica, si te cambio el, el idioma español, ¿qué me vas a entender? ¿O vas a seguir respondiendo? ¿O bueno, me estás quedando así sonriendo, así como si no sabes? Y lo ajá. Sometimes. She just, <laughs> says, <laughs> she just says some her Zoom. She's like, no, all right, I'm done with this nonsense. <laughs> sometimes I, I do, and it's not to be mean, it's not to be, in a, like, disrespectful, but if, if I told you, 
Lo siento porque mi español es no bueno. How are you going to feel about that statement? You're not going to feel, feel super happy about meeting a Tejano star that sings in Spanish. You're going to feel like she's a fraud, you know? No, no. Like, I actually would appreciate that a lot because that means you're human and you're opening yourself up to yourself and you're being vulnerable and telling everyone the truth and saying, hey, I do sing in Spanish and I, I do know some Spanish, but I'm not confident or not. I won't be able to hold up a good conversation as you might expect, but right. it, it, it's telling me that you will try. And that's right. what all, a lot of people want. And that's all that people will respect for you to try and to meet that level. And, and I think even if I was only fluent in Spanish and like, like 10% English, if you're able to say something and we can try each other, I think that's where it's very respectful and very, very honorable for someone to say that, to be able to, open yourself up and be vulnerable and be like, Hey, you know what? I would love to communicate with you, but it won't be the, as, as you might like it, but I would love to try my best to, to have a conversation. I think that's the best part about that. Oh, I think we've, Uh-oh. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I froze um, a little bit. I'm like, I saw this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, and you know what? I, I respect it a lot more and because you, we see it everywhere now, now, you know, there's country singers that speak or have a really thick uh, other kind of accent, like a, right. a, what is it? Keith Urban. Keith Urban is Australian, I believe. And he has like a really thick accent when he talks. and But when he's singing country music, you don't hear that. You never see it. But, yeah, and that was the it. first time I was exposed to something like that. But now you see it in movies where the guy is talking perfect English. But really, his first language was Spanish. Yeah, and it's like you don't say it's like so. I re- that I respect a lot that the fact that somebody is taking on the fact that they are good at something, which you are, uh, very good. And so, what if you don't? You're you know, I like to pretend that I speak perfect English, but really, when it comes down to it, my first language was Spanish, and I suck at it sometimes. So I appreciate that effort, and I love that that you're comfortable with expressing the fact that, hey, I'm not the best Spanish speaker, but mother photo, have you heard my music? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's always a sense of, for me, honesty is always important, no matter if it's my music, my career, my family. Like, honesty is the number one important thing to me. And if I'm not honest with my people, if if I'm not honest with myself, it's not going to get me very far. You know, you can only lie so much before the lie becomes a little bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you have to chop it off at some point, you know. So for me, I have to tell my people, like, look, I am doing 100 percent of the research behind the wording of my lyrics. I I try my best to talk to people. I try every day to, you know, have that conversation with my mom who, you know, is a native speaker. She does speak Spanish very fluently. My dad learned because he's from uh, California. (laughs) Um, But, you know, they they try with me all the time and tell me, okay, this is not the way you want to say that. This is how you want to do it. So again, family effort always. but yeah, honesty is the number one policy for me. For sure. I love it. 
And I will say this, that again, bringing it back to uh, a little bit of name dropping, that one time I met Michael Salgado, <laughs> he spoke to me, we, yeah, that one time, we had a very good, long conversation, but it was all in English, so. Yep, and, and he that. sounds like how he sings. He does. He sounds like how he sings, how he talks. Yeah. All right here is how you doing, man? Like just real, just real right here. I actually got to meet him uh, back in May, I want to say. And it was like for the State of Tejano um, meeting. We have a meeting um, with between all the stars or all the artists. Um Shelly Lattice was there, Stephanie Montiel was there, Papi Polido, Michael Salgado. So I got to meet all these great people. And I'm is thinking, this, okay, Is this kind of like a the state of the union kind of thing? Kind of like that to talk <laughs> about like how we can bring our, our genre up, how yeah. we can make it more popular and how we can get people to be more involved. So I think it's awesome yeah. bringing the, the younger artists with the, you know, the, the artists that are a little bit more seasoned um love the way you put that yeah i don't like uh, saying old i don't like no no not at all they're not old at all yeah but they're not i mean veterans. you're only as old as you feel you're only as old as you feel and i mean you know they do a really good job at keeping up with themselves but I, i'm thinking okay if i meet michael salgado he's gonna sound normal you know it, it can't possibly he can't possibly sound <laughs> like that outside of recording nope How's it going? And it's so good to meet you. And I'm like, damn, dude. Like, I love that. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You're right. He does. Um, but you know, okay, okay. Since you brought that up, it's very, I, it's awesome or it's cool, funny maybe that you guys have this kind of state of the union or state of Tejano music. Um, one thing that I've been hearing a lot. And um, more so when I was trying to do research on you, um, there's a lot of talk about how Tejano is dying. And I just, maybe the fact that I'm here in San Antonio, did you, did you catch that? I, I went San Antonio. I went English and Spanish talking about San, San Antonio. Uh, but here it in San Antonio. It froze a little bit, so I'm, I'm, I don't know. What, what were you saying? Oh, no. Uh, oh, I'm going to read it real quick. I was saying that, you know, Hearing that Tejano is dying, but living here in San Antonio, I I think since we're in like in right in the middle of the heart, um, or really close to it, you hear Tejano everywhere. Everywhere mm -hmm. you go, there's a, right. either a new artist or an, a seasoned artist, or just everywhere. Like you hear it. You obviously we have the fanfare. The Tejano explosion. So I'm surrounded by it. So I don't see how it's dying. Right. Um, what What do you think? Do you Do you really Do you guys really when you're meeting in these uh, state of the <laughs> I keep saying state of the union, but in your it's meetings like that, yeah. Do you Is there honestly a conversation of that? Like you know, it's we can't let it die or it's dying out. So the conversations that we do have between artists and between you know people that are heavily involved in keeping the genre alive, right? I think this was our first state of Tejano that we actually came together and was talking about it. Um, and it wasn't just the artists too, it was the DJs, you know, all around Texas. It, and it wasn't just uh, producers, there was producers, there were songwriters, there was um, record labels that were actually there too. Freddie Records was a part of it as well. Um, 
you know, people that were associated or people that are associated with the Hano music since it's, you know, since the very beginning, well, not so much the very beginning, but like closer towards the time where it was very alive and, and thriving. Um, it's never going to get back to the 90s. It's not. We have to, we have to move on from that idea because once we move on from the idea that it's going to go right back to the way it was, we can incorporate the new, we can incorporate bringing in the newer and the younger and, and bringing in different ideas of what the Hano is going to be. Selena did not stay in the same um, blueprint as everybody sees the Hano to be. Selena mixed it up with different things, with, with different styles. And ultimately that's what benefited her. Um, Emilio was the same. Emilio was actually a very studied artist. He went and got a degree in music. You know, he was very on top of his game and his brother as well. You have to learn from the greats to continue to be great. You can't just stay in the same cycle over and over and over again because it's never going to get any better. It's only going to stay where it's at. I don't think the Hano is dying. I think we can strive from where we're at. Um, I believe that this old mentality of like, it's never going to change. It's, it should never change. It should always stay the same. Well, country music is always changing as well. Any genre you look at is always changing. It's never going to be the same. But we haven't grasped that as a genre just yet. We need to grasp that so that our people can move on to something bigger and better. Y soy más I, I want to agree with 50% of that, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> because the since also you brought up country music uh, with that, um, I'm, I think I'm more of a purist, and I think that's what we're, we're maybe what you kind of addressed is the fact that you have your seasoned vets and then the, the newer blood right. coming in, and you know, you, you know that you guys have a sound that is reaching the people of now because the audience of the nineties is not the audience of no. whatever year we're in right now. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you forget what time it is. Yeah. So then you guys, <clears throat> you guys are also influenced. Uh, and I say you guys, as in uh, you being a new, newer artist, uh, you guys are influenced by so much m more that has gone on from the nineties to now the different types of music, the different types of events in our lives. Um, and that changes music and our lyrics or your lyrics and even the way you play it or what kinds of instruments that you use. But the thing I saw with country music, I don't know why I'm still holding my hands like this. <laughs> the thing I see with country music, <laughs> I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't listen to the new stuff. I'm going to be a Lego. I hate it so much. I hate I hate <laughs> the new stuff so much. Oh man, I need another shot now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. I love that you this guys. This is are me right. without any kind of alcohol. <laughs> I don't need it. I'm good. No, I agree. There, it's okay to be a purist. It's totally fine to be a purist. You know what you like, but we need people to tell us what they like. Because right. right now, people are just like, oh, it sounds great, man. You're, you're doing a great job. It sounds great. Okay, 
But then at the same, in the same breath, you don't want to buy a CD. Why? You know, well, and I'm not I just talking about it. Monica. Download it. Yeah, download, <laughs> by the way, all the different platforms. No, but I'm saying like, you know, people will come up to, to any band, not just myself. I, I've, I've talked to other artists and I'll be like, what, what is the, the thing that, that's really bothering you right now? Is that people will come up to us and they will tell us that they love the show, they love the band, they love the vocals, but they're not buying the music or the merchandise at all because they don't believe in us. They, it's not so much that, you know, we didn't do a good job or they're just kind of pulling our leg at the time. It's more that they won't let us know any kind of feedback. And that's what we're striving, like, that's what we're dying for right now. The new artists, they want to know what they can do to make the genre better. And if we have purists out there, it's okay to have like your viewpoints on what you think the Hunnel is or what you think country is or what you would like to have as far as being in, in this, you know, this new day and age of 2021 going into 2022. But you have to let us know. We're striving every single performance, every single song that we release or, or record. We want to know what the audience think. Now that's, that's, Speaking from my own personal opinion, I think there's other artists out there. They're like, whatever. But for, <laughs> me, for me being a new artist, we want to know what we can do to make the people happy as well as incorporating, you know, my passion into it, my, my creative abilities into each song. If we have purists out there that were actually a little bit more open-minded and weren't going to get judged for what they say, I think we would be better off but we don't listen to the people and the people don't listen to us. It's just this constant, like there's this wall that we can't ever really get across. Yeah. Maybe, maybe what, maybe the people are already saying what they want because they want that. Truque, truque, truque. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say earlier with your TikTok? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nonsense. Um, yes. No, well, the the fact that like mainstream country for me is not a thing anymore like i rarely right. even listen to it but they were the ones that also like it's super popular in certain places uh or certain uh genre or people Depends. Uh, but you always hear it's like oh it's not the same and i don't like it and people and i i go straight back to texas country music or red dirt yeah. music whatever they want to call it um but it also it's a fine line with the fact that country evolved it is thriving in in their own aspect but and then you have these other people like rock music rock music is another one where mm -hmm. it's day it's about being pure to what it was but really when you think about it what new artist in rock music is there really out there There's like not. everybody's listening to the same the same bands which i still love uh but what happens when they go away you know is that is rock gonna die um <clears throat> disco music obviously died out a long time ago they never got a chance to evolve or change so ah it's such a we're not gonna fix it here but it is interesting to know that you know well, there please, has to be a right? coming please fix it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, no you did bring up a good aspect like the only way things are going to change in the right direction whether it is for tejano music or for you know, this world in general is for people to have conversations and, hey, what do you guys like? What can we do? And then we're going to meet somewhere in the middle where 
we move forward together. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, I think right now, especially with all the genres, really, all of the genres that we have, country turned more pop, rock turned more pop. So everybody's going for more of the pop feel, but the thing that they don't realize about pop music is that it wasn't pop. It wasn't this music. It wasn't this dance music all the time. Pop came from a popular, the name popular music. Popular music was a different, like it was different genres. So in a way they're in the right idea, but popular music was more towards, I would say just things that made sense, right? And right now the genres are not necessarily making sense because they all want to be so pop. <laughs> so it's just, you know, we're not gonna, like you said, we're not going to solve it today, but you know, with this podcast, I guess my hope and my aspiration is for people to feel open to talk to us when you're at a show, when you're, when you're looking on social media, everything is, is accessible now. Is it a good thing to be accessible? I'm not sure, but I know whenever I talk to my fans, they're able to tell me like, well, this is something that I think would be you know, a good idea, or this song um, makes me feel this way. And so I get my, you know, my statistics or my stats, not just from my streaming, but from the people that come up to me and tell me how they're feeling. Yeah. Give yeah. you feedback, like good confident feedback, not just, hey, I didn't like this. Like, give me, yeah, I didn't like this for, for what reason? Yeah, give me, why? Why don't yeah. you like it? You yeah. know, and yeah. I think if you're going to be a part of the people, you need to know the people, you know? So ultimately, that's something we need to learn. And yeah, no. Like, no, I love that. And I think that's the world peace. I'll say this. It. Tejano music will never die. There you go. You keep, as long as you keep playing it. As long as you keep learning from it, you keep listening to it. Like I roll down the streets of downtown Cincinnati going to work, playing some Tejano music, playing some go. Spanish music. I roll down the windows, maybe because I have to do the parking thing, but but people... <laughs> People still listen to it, though. And as long as you keep practicing it and, and, and learning the music, then I don't think the Hano music will ever die. Well, I'll say <laughs> this. I'll say this. I'll add on to that. It's a, it's a part of our culture. It's a part of who we are as Latinos, as Mexican-Americans, as, as Mexicans. You know, our culture is not going to die. Our, our teachings to our next generations, they're not going to die as long as we keep them going. So if we keep the, the culture of the Hano music, if we keep it alive, if we're alive as a culture, it'll remain alive. Hey, you got you to let me know when you come to Ohio and Northern Kentucky. Let me know when you come play over here. Yes, we're trying to get more. We're trying to get more north. We are trying to get more north, but it's been a really difficult thing to get out of Texas. The only place I've played outside of Texas is Las Vegas. And I didn't even have my own band, so. Yeah, hit up New Mexico a little bit. Yeah, we would love to. <laughs> Everybody tells us, go to Florida, go to New Mexico, go to... I'm like, we're trying. Like, we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome that you like... <clears throat> that's awesome that you guys have that opportunity where... Or that fact that the people are requesting in different states, that's a good um, indicator that Tejano's alive and well. There we go. Yeah, there we go. And we will continue to spread the love of Tejano. Practice it a little bit. Hey, he's got the accordion in. Hey, let's go, let's go. There we go. 
I was wondering why he's doing. He's like all squirming and trying to be all secret over here. I'm telling you, it will never die as long as you keep learning, keep practicing, keep trying. There we go. There we go. What that's done too hard, too fast with Monica Saldivar. Monica, where can somebody find you and listen to your music? All right. So my music is available on all digital platforms. So Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, Amazon Music. So you can go download all of the music on there, um, especially the EP. The EP is only digital. Um, but if you are looking for a tangible copy of Monica Saldivar, the debut album, it is going to be uh, monicasaldivar.square.site. We also sell t-shirts and we do free posters and everything is in-house. So with every, per- with every purchase of a t-shirt and a CD, you get a free poster and it's signed um, by yours truly. Um, yes. So if you would like a t-shirt, a CD, and a free poster, go to monicasaldivar.square.site. Um, if you're looking to see any of the videos, we do have a YouTube page, Monica Saldivar. Um, all of my social media is Monica Saldivar or Monica Saldivar Music. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and yeah, I hope to see everybody out there. There's going to be a lot of new shows coming up, but we'll see y'all soon. All right, Let's go. Well, with that said... Actually, uh, Monica just opened up for Bobby Pulido, which is uh, an Eagle Pass local. That's and right. And we're all from Eagle Pass. Beep, beep. <laughs> uh, Monica, for your Too Hard, Too Fast story, can you tell us your experience for opening up with for Bobby Pulido? Woo. All right. So, obviously, it's Bobby Pulido. So, we know that it's a big deal. Um I had, ironically enough, had met him, like, for the first time, got to shake his hand. Because we would always be in the same venues, but I was never able to, like, you know, introduce myself, anything like that. So we would see each other in Vegas, and nothing would happen. We saw each other at the State of Utah, or now I'm saying State of Utah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we would say, we would see each other at State of Tejano, and, like, immediately he'd have to go on his plane. So I was like, man, you know. So we had seen each other for the first time. I actually got to shake his hand for the first time um, about three or four weeks prior to this event last night. And I had an eye situation. I think I told you that was why we had to reschedule a couple of times. I had an eye, like a scratch in my eye and could not wear my contacts. And that's something I wear 100% of the time. So here I am in my big old Harry Potter Coke bottle glasses. (laughs) at this event that he's at with Tr- at Trader's Village over here in Grand Prairie, Texas. And I'm like, hi. And he's like, thinking that I'm just a fan, you know? Cause like, obviously I look very different for, with glasses than I do in, in like my professional setting. I'm like, my name is Monica Saldivar. And he's like, oh, okay, you're the speaker. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you're, yes. I <laughs> take my glasses off. So already, like, we started off on a good point where it was just, like, it was kind of funny at the beginning. Um, I was already nervous yesterday, like, just completely nervous because, one, it's it's a really big festival that we were putting on. It's the um, the first annual Rambling Roads Festival, and this is what the T-shirt is right here. Oh, um, so we, we did the first annual Rambling Roads Festival. A lot of people didn't come because of the rain, and it was a ticketed um, event, so... 
that's another thing too with the helmet music. It's kind of hard to get people to come whenever it's not a free event. Um, but you know, to each their own, it kind of happens that way. Um, we had a good group of people come out, but it was still very difficult to get, you know, a really good crowd going until like later on when obviously Bobby's fans started to come out. Um, so got into the green room, was just taking my breaths, just, you know, making sure that I wasn't freaking out when he got there. Cause I, you know, I, I am a professional. I know how to act with other artists, but like, it's, again, it's Bobby. Bobby, it's Bobby Polito. <laughs> not to play it cool, so, sometimes you just can't, you just don't need to. I know, but you know, you don't want to freak the person out, you know? And so everybody's a human at the end of the day. He's yeah. definitely one of those people that, you know, he has his good days, he has bad days. And so we would, I would talk to some of the musicians that play with him in their band. And um, Emmanuel J actually plays keys for his band. That's the other uh, artist that I was telling you that's up and coming. Um, so I was able to kind of chill out with the band and they, they all had heard about me and said that, you know, you do a really good job performing. You have a really good voice. I'm like, you heard me like y'all listen to me, you know, like, so I got really excited about that. And then Bobby obviously doesn't come out until just a little bit before his set, because obviously people get kind of, you know, crazy, especially, I mean, if you were to see some of the shows, they just, they almost jumped the fence at some points, you know? So I understand, you know, I was just like, well, maybe he didn't hear my show. It's all good. Like went back to the green room and he's standing right there in the middle. I'm like, you know, like, I was just like, do I go in? Do I yes. go in? Like, what do I do? You know, like, I don't know what to do with my hands kind of thing. It's just down like, up real quick. What's <laughs> up, <dude? laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. But like, nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm like, I'm Monica. <laughs> um, but then I go, I go into the green room and he gives me knuckles and he's like, you're a really good singer. Like, you actually do an amazing job and you have every reason to be here. I'm like, Thank go. you. Like, <laughs> I was like, thank you so much. I, I look up to you and I appreciate it. And so he did his set and then went back into the green room. I was there and I was like, well, thank you so much for sharing the stage with me. And he's like, sharing the stage with you. You have every right to be on the stage as much as I do. Like, you know, and then from there, it just kind of turned into one of these days we're going to do it. We're going to do a duet on stage. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, that so that's awesome. in the works somewhere along the way. I don't know where and that's gonna happen, but it was it was too hard and it was too fast. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome, man. I can't even imagine. Like I can pretend to imagine, but I'm sure it doesn't even come close to that like, no, the feeling that you're you're feeling right there. Like the moment. whole time I'm just like freaking <clears throat> out on the inside. I'm just like, yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> just trying to stay. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. That's what I feel like I I I try to do that most of the times when i'm doing this podcast is like yeah talking to these, like i'm trying not to freak out too much because i i you know when i message people it is an honor for you guys to be on here and i appreciate it so much so i'm like okay thank you don't mess up their intro and then right? i mess up the intro. <laughs> <laughs> no oh, but right. thank you so much for having me on your podcast i really no do problem. appreciate it i appreciate it i love it i'm glad that we connected um somehow i'm gonna figure out a way to get you a shirt Yes, um, please do. I don't know how I'm going to get the Bloody Mary beer to Cincinnati. Hey. Don't worry about that guy. Don't worry about that guy. I'll hook him up. 
Oh, and if it's, if you could possibly get it in a medium, that would be great. Yes, I was gonna, I, I was gonna take it off recorded and be like, "What's your size?" That way, no, they know I eat. It's fine. It's, I'm a medium, so it's just let's go. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man, this is awesome. I would love to get a CD signed, and I could put it on the wall somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we're closing out the podcast. Robert, what are you gonna say? Tejano music will live on forever, especially with people like Monica Salivar. And we're going to keep listening, buy her CDs, listen to her stuff on, on streaming. So uh, keep in touch with her. And uh, Tejano lives. You heard it Tejano there, guys? Lives. Tejano lives. And with that said, remember, dare to be you, dare to be weird. Bye. Let's do a grito. The, the, yeah, the, somebody's got to do it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> <laughs> it's think, cool. All right. I think Zoom kind of said, Meh, and cut you off the word like, through. No. <laughs> Too Mexican. Uh-huh. We can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just